is from Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Again, you folks can quietly follow along, but it'll be the, again, Revelation is the last book of the New Testament. You just keep turning to the right and you'll come upon Revelation. Revelation chapter 4. Again, I'll just read the whole selection. You folks can quietly follow along. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was standing in heaven, and one sitting on the throne. And he who was sitting was like a jasper stone, and a sardius in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne, like an emerald in appearance. And around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and upon the thrones I saw twenty-four elders, sitting, clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. And from the throne proceed flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And in the center and around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. And the first creature was like a lion, and the second creature like a calf, and the third creature had a face like that of a man. And the fourth creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within. And day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy art thou, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou didst create all things, and because of thy will, they existed and were created. Again, I'm into God's word. And again, this will picture us, get us now into our time together. Here we go. Uh, uh, as far as with Revelation, we had part one last Sunday, if you were here. Uh, and again, we had talked about uh, this amazing, amazing visions that John has received, the human author of Revelation from God, the Almighty, the divine author of Revelation. And... Uh, in chapter 4 here of Revelation, it just talks about this new setting now that John is in, where he's receiving these amazing revelations, uh, what will happen in the future uh, as to this world as we know it. And again, heaven is just going to be an amazing place to be, uh, again, for those who know him, that we will be there. So again, we had uh, talked about last Sunday, the seal judgments, uh, the seven seal judgments, and again, with the opening of the seventh seal judgment, that now ushers, ushers us into the trumpet judgments. So that's what we'll kind of be starting off on today. So again, Revelation, and really it'll be Revelation chapter 8 
uh, starting at verse 7. So if you guys can just uh, get your right spots there to Revelation chapter 8 and verse 7. Again, we did see, yes, we do see uh, quite a few severe judgments of God with the seal judgments. Then we also saw God's, part of God's mercy with 144,000 witnesses from the tribe of Israel, from the nation of Israel. So there are mercies of God as well that we saw last Sunday. And today, too, we're going to see severe judgments of God, but we're also going to see mercies of God as well. So again, this is Revelation chapter 8, uh, verse 7. Again, this is going to be start of these trumpet judgments. And again, each set of these judgments, there are three sets, uh, and each set of these judgments gets more severe, and the scope of it starts getting wider about who, who, who's affected. Again, this is Revelation chapter 8, verse 7. And about the first trumpet. And the first sounded, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. You're going to notice with these trumpet judgments, most of these trumpet judgments are in thirds. And again, you might be wondering, well, why is that? Why are they in thirds? Well, again, this is a clear indication of how God, or the Lord Almighty, is in total control of these judgments. And he meets them out, and doles them out in exact proportion what he wishes. So that's why you'll see a lot of thirds in these trumpet judgments. Again, because he is always in control. These judgments are not happening haphazardly. They are in an order. And he is in total control of the doling out of these trumpet judgments. So the first judgment we see, uh, again, a third of the earth is burned up. A third of the trees are burned up. All the grass is burned up. Uh, again, you'd think such catastrophic fires would be devastating to crops, to animal life, to wood, for construction even, for buildings. So this will have a major effect, this first trumpet judgment. Now we come to verse, verses 8 and 9. This is the second trumpet judgment. And the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. Again, more of these thirds are coming. So again, the sea is affected this time. A third of the sea becomes blood. A third of creatures, the, whole, the marine life, a third of it dies. And a third of the ships at sea, you figure the shipping industry, how the economic impact even of this is chaotic. It's, it's, it's just it's going to be immense what will be affected with uh, commerce as far as shipping goes. And then we come to the third trumpet. And that will be verses 10 through 11. And the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of waters. And the name of the stars called Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood, or bitter. And many men died from the waters because they were made bitter. So again, a third of rivers, again, your, your drinking water, uh, again, this will affect that. The waters will become toxic. Many men will die from drinking these waters because it's so toxic. So again, you think of how you cook with water, you, you drink water, I mean, so it affects everything. So that's the, the uh, third uh, trumpet 
judgment. And now we come to verses 12 to 13. This is the fourth trumpet. And the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars were smitten, so that a third of them might be darkened, and the day might not shine for a third of it, and the night in the same way. And I looked, and I heard an eagle flying in mid-heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth. Again, that's referring to unbelievers. Because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. So more destruction is coming. But here we see in this fourth trumpet, a third of the sun, the moon, the stars are darkened. Again, this will create havoc with earth's weather patterns. The sea tides, again, it will lead to violent pop-up storms. This will affect weather immensely, this fourth trumpet. This, again, destruction of crops, loss of animal and human lives as well. Again, these violent pop-up storms will occur because, again, the, the weather patterns are all off. They're, they're all because of this, with the darkening of the sun, the moon, and the stars. In verse 13, we look at, and we, we see these three woes. Well, again, what are these three woes? Well, again, each one of these woes re represents the remaining trumpet judgments that will come, the three remaining. So each woe is a, re is a, is a uh, new trumpet judgment that will be coming. And again, woe to those, because again, again, these uh, trumpet judgments will be even more severe, these next coming ones. But again, uh, sadly enough, when we see these judgments come, unfortunately, and sadly enough, there's some people that still will not repent. You know, God's using his wrath to draw people to him. Okay, the fifth trumpet. That's Revelation chapter 9 now that we're now in. Revelation 9, 1 through 11. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth. And the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. Again, the star that has fallen really is Satan. Uh, in other words, he's described too in Revelation as the dragon. And Satan, he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke went out, up out of the pit, like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. And out of the smoke came forth locusts upon the earth, and power was given them, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And they were told that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only the men who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. And in those days men will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, and death flees from them. And the appearance of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle, and on their heads, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. And they had hair like the hair of women, and their teeth were like the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots of many horses rushing to battle. And they have tails like scorpions and stings, and their tails is the power to hurt men, again, it's repeated for five months of torture, of torment. And they have a king, 
So this is their king that's over them. The angel of the abyss, his name in Hebrew is Abaddon. And in the Greek, he has the name Apollyon. So again, here we see of this fifth blast of the trumpet is releasing these, these nasty locusts, these scorpions. Uh, but again, we see also in this, in this section here, in verse 5, like, yes, these scorpions will torment, but there's a time period. God is merciful here. He's giving the people that have been tormented a time period of five months. So again, God in his mercy does, there is a limit to how long these people will be tortured, uh, tormented, the ones that do not have the seal of God on them, the unbelievers. And again, uh, men will try to find death. And people, because of such torment, they're going to try to kill themselves and they will not be able to. Death will flee from them. I don't know how, how I'm sure, I don't know if anyone here has ever been uh, stung by a scorpion. I haven't. <laughs> I've heard the sting is even worse than a bee sting. And I'm sure we've all gone through bee stings before and how painful they are. Well, I hear times that by scorpions. And it's, it's almost like a continuous torment, a continuous getting stung. Uh, by these by these scorpions, so the torment will be immense for non-believers. But again, we're going to see as we continue along the study, people will still refuse to repent. Uh, we're going to go down to Revelation nine verses twenty to twenty-one, and the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold and of silver and of brass, and of stone, and of, gold, and of wood, which can neither see, nor hear, nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their immorality, nor of their thefts. So despite this extreme torture, uh, tormenting with the uh, fifth trumpet, people unfortunately still will not believe. They will not repent. Now we come to the sixth trumpet. Again, that's Revelation 9, 13 to 21. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. One saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. And again, these angels are bound, so uh, Bible scholars feel like they're not really angels. They're literally probably like demons that are bound. And uh, these demons are, are uh, special as far as demons, as far as what they're going to do. In verse 15, And the four angels, again, were, were probably demons, who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year, were released so that they might kill a third of mankind. And again, we'll just stop there for a minute. Uh, so again, a third of mankind. So again, if you estimate that with today's population, that's over a billion people that will be killed. By, the, by these demons. They're going to release this demon army. And let's look at verse uh, 16 of chapter 9. And the number of the armies of the horsemen of this demon army was 200 million. I heard the number of them. So John's even repeating it. Yes, this is the number. I heard it. 200 million. And this is how I saw in the vision, the horses and those who sat on them. The riders had breastplates the color of fire and of hyacinth and of brimstone, and the heads of the horses like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths proceed fire and smoke and brimstone. A third of mankind was killed by these three plagues, by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone, 
which proceeded out of their mouths, out of the horses' mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents and have heads, and with them they do harm. So even their tails are lethal. That's just as much as their mouths. And again, we ended with, we just repeated 20 and 21, where again, people will still not believe and will still not repent, unfortunately, through these uh, trumpets that have been sounded. So again, uh, as far so far as we're going through this message, again, uh, some of you might be thinking, "Oh, gee, Keith, this is a real encouraging, you know, <laughs> feel-good message we're hearing here." But again, God's using these judgments. His judgments are right. His judgments are true, and He's using these judgments of severe wrath that He has to draw people to Him. And then we'll look at this in Revelation chapter 11. So we we'll skip over to right to Revelation chapter 11, verses 3 to 13. And it's going to be talking about two witnesses. Revelation 3. Revelation chapter 11, I'm sorry. Revelation chapter 11, verses 3 to uh, uh, 13. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy, or again, another word for prophecy is preach, for 1260 days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone desires to harm them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone would desire to harm them in this manner, he must be killed. These have the power to shut up the sky in order that, they, that rain may not fall during the days of their prophesying, or again, preaching. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to smite the earth with every plague as often as they desire. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the abyss that will make war with them and overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which mystically is called Sodom in Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. And those from the peoples and tribes and tongues and nations will look at their dead bodies for three and a half days and will not permit their dead bodies to be laid in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry, and they will send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Again, unbelievers. And after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God came into them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell upon those who were beholding them. I'll continue with verse 12. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here, and the witnesses. And they went up into heaven in the cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And in that hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell, and 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. So here, we're looking at these two witnesses, again, part of God's mercy. Uh, he sends these two witnesses who call sinners to repentance, these two witnesses. Now again, these two witnesses will, witnesses will proclaim the gospel during the last half of the seven-year tribulation. And you might be wondering, well, how do you get that you know, in the last half? Well, again, that verse in verse 3, we see 1,260 days. Now you convert 1,260 days into years, that comes up three and a half years. So again, that last, probably from the midpoint of the tribulation to the end, 
is that three and a half year period. And again, God is the God who designates a specific time for even his missionaries to do his will, his two witnesses. It'll be three and a half years. And again, these witnesses will be, do, be able to do amazing things uh, as far as plagues and, and their preaching and turning water to blood and, and as often as they want. So they're going to create havoc among unbelievers. So of course, the unbelievers, they want to get rid of these guys, but they can't. They're not going to be able to. Uh, again, until the beast, he will rise up and kill them, the Antichrist. Now again, the identity of these two witnesses, uh, again, it doesn't say in Revelation who they are. Uh, some Bible uh, scholars believe these two witnesses could be Moses and Elijah. Uh, again, there's some verses that pertain to that. Uh, one is that I saw was Matthew uh, chapter 17. Uh, let me see what that is. Matthew chapter 17. And it's in verse, it's, it's to do with even Jesus' transfiguration. But Matthew 17, 1 through 3. Matthew 17, 1 through 3. And in six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and brought them up to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. That's just one of the verses where it kind of points to could possibly be Moses and Elijah, these two witnesses. And then even with, the, uh, with these two witnesses where they changed the water into blood. Well, again, Moses did that with the plagues of Egypt. So again, that's, that's some probable uh, explanation why it could be Moses and Elijah, the two witnesses, the identity of those two. All right. Now again, at the end of this Revelation chapter 13, verses, uh, verse, I'm sorry, chapter 11, verses 13 and 14, uh, we see about this earthquake that comes. And a tenth of the city uh, fell of Jerusalem. And 7,000 people were killed in this earthquake. But you see uh, almost a mix here of, yes, of God's, part of God's judgment, but also of his mercy, where the rest are so terrified that they give glory to the God of heaven. They turn, they repent. So again, it's just a mix of that where, yes, this earthquake is terrible, but look how it gets the attention of those left and they give glory to God. Again, God's showing of his mercy. And now we come to the seventh trumpet. And that's Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there arose loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord, and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. So again, the seventh trumpet is sounded. And again, just like the seventh seal, when that is sounded, that, that introduces the next set of judgments. Well, the seventh trumpet, when that is sounded, this will introduce the next set of judgments, which will be the bowl judgments. And I don't know if you folks notice too, that, that verse, verse 15 uh, where it says the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Again, especially Christmas time, you sing the Hallelujah Chorus. This verse is in the Hallelujah Chorus. So again, how, how great that is, how this is incorporated in the Hallelujah Chorus, this verse. But here there is great praise that occurs in heaven when the seventh trumpet is sounded. We find that in verses 16 and 17 of chapter 11. 
And the twenty-four elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God the Almighty, who art and who was, because thou hast taken thy great power and hast begun to reign. So here's the celebration already when the seventh trumpet is sounded. So again, the, seventh, the blowing of the seventh trumpet will now usher in these seven bold judgments. And we're going to see these seven bold judgments uh, will not be poured uh, gently. You think of like when you're making yourself a cup of tea. You, you, know, you, you take the teapot and you pour it gently into the cup. These seven bold judgments are going to be poured out violently. Uh, if, you, if you're carrying a hot pot of hot, uh, hot, pot of hot steaming water, and you're, you're going on the wall thing and you trip on something and out, you know, out falls the pot and the water just comes flailing out, comes flying out. This is going to be a violent outpouring of God's wrath, these seven bowl of judgments. We'll get to the introduction of these seven bowl of judgments in Revelation chapter 15. Revelation chapter 15, starting with verse 5 through 8. Again, that's Revelation 15, verses 5 through 8. After these things, I looked... And this is John talking. Again, after these things, always announces like a, 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 new, a, new, a new vision. After these things, I looked, and the temple of the tabernacle of testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels who had the seven plagues came out of the temple, clothed in linen, clean and bright, and girded around their breasts with golden girdles. And one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls, full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. And again, as these seven angels start to pour out their bowls, pretty much it's going to be one after the other. There's not going to be any kind of a break, these seven bowls of judgment. We'll start with Revelation chapter 16. Verses 1 and 2. And I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the seven bowls of the wrath of God into the earth. And the first angel went and poured out his bowl into the earth. And it became a loathsome and malignant sore upon the men who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his image. So here immediately upon those who are unrepentant who have the mark of the beast, who are worshiping the Antichrist, they receive these really nasty sores uh, with pus and just, they're, they're nasty and they're painful. So that's the first bowl of judgment, those who have the mark of the beast. These, these are incurable, these sores, and they're painful. And again, like I said, now it's in succession. It's one after the other. Uh, verse 3 of chapter 16. And the second angel poured out his bowl into the sea, so you have a bowl that's poured down to the earth. Now you have a bowl that's poured down into the sea. And it became blood like that of a dead man. And every living thing in the sea died. So you see how the scope now really expands from the trumpet judgments where there's thirds of the sea, even with the marine life. Now all marine life perishes. Uh, and again, you think of that. All marine life dies while the stench can be Im- unimaginable. You, know, you think of people flocking to the beach to... You know, uh, swim in the water and to enjoy the, 
the, uh, the water and the, and the sun sets, but now people are going to run away from the beach because the, the stench is going to be so bad, plus the blood, the water that is now blood. So that is the second bowl of judgment, where now it falls onto the sea. We come to the third bowl of judgment. That's from chapter 16, verses 4 through 7. And the angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of waters, and they became blood. Again, it's all-encompassing now. It's everything now. The springs and the rivers, they become blood. And I heard the angel of the waters saying, Righteous art thou, who art and who wast, O Holy One, because thou didst judge these things. For they poured out the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink. They deserve it. And I heard the altar saying, Yes, O Lord God, the Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And I couldn't help thinking when I just were, uh, when we just went over these verses, how you remember the fifth seal where the saints beneath the altar are crying out for their blood to be avenged and for the Lord's name to to be praised. But here God is answering these prayers, where the the people that are actually probably drinking some of this blood, you know, because everything is blood, all all the water, the fresh water supply, again, it's it's in critical, the, 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 it's really hard to come by. So over here. God is like answering these saints' prayers that their, their blood is being avenged. And now we come to the fourth bowl of judgment. And that's verses 8 through 9 of chapter 16, Revelation. And the fourth angel poured out his bowl upon the sun. So you had the, you, you had the uh, bowls poured down the earth, upon the sea, uh, and upon the rivers and springs. Now you have it poured out on the sun. And it was given it, given to it to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with fierce heat. And they blasphemed the name of God who has the power over these plagues. And they did not repent so as to give him glory. So again, searing heat from the sun will burn unbelievers, again, who worship the beast. Like getting burned, I think, by a, by a I think all of you have probably gotten burned either by a match or you're putting something in the stove that's on and you touch, that touches, that really hurts, just that spot. We think, here you think of uh, unbelievers getting seared by the sun of this judgment, a bowl of judgment. Searing heat, again, they will find no relief at all. But sadly enough, they still will not come to God. They will not repent. Now we come to the fifth bowl of judgment. And that's found in verses 10 through 11 of chapter 16. And the fifth angel poured out his bowl upon the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became darkened, and they gnawed their tongues because of pain, and they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. So here, the uh, Antichrist kingdom is affected. The judgment is upon, upon this kingdom, and it's incapacitated paying darkness. It's not like it's dark like a night where you can see a little bit around. It's like if you were blind. You cannot see anything. You cannot do anything because of this darkness. But sadly enough, again, we see this trend where despite all these judgments and unbearable misery, unbelievers still refuse to repent. Their hearts are hard. We come to the sixth bowl of judgment, of the bowl of, bowl, bowl of judgments. That's found in verses 12 and 16 of chapter 16. And the sixth angel poured out his bowl upon the great river, the Euphrates. And its water was dried up. 
that, sh- that the way might be prepared for the kings from the east. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet three unclean spirits like frogs. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them together for the war of the great day of God, the Almighty. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blesses the one who stays awake and keeps his garments, lest he walk about naked and men see his shame. And they gathered them together to the place which in Hebrew is called Harmageddon. So again, here is this great, because of this river drying up, it's now paving the way where these armies, the Antichrist and his cohorts, these evil kings from the nations, will gather together for this great battle. Which again, a lot of you maybe are familiar with Armageddon. So, but in Hebrew, it's called Harmageddon, and also meaning Mount Megiddo. But here, this battle, this great battle will take place and against God the Almighty and Satan and his evil cohorts, his, the evil nations that are with him. And again, this battle of Armageddon will mark uh, the start of the second coming of Jesus Christ because he will come to the earth for this battle, his second return. And now we come upon the seventh bowl of judgment. Again, that's verses starting in verses 17 through 21 of chapter 16. The seventh bowl of judgment. And the seventh angel poured out his bowl upon the air. So again, you have upon the earth, you have upon the sea, the springs and waters, uh, but now and upon the sun also. But now you have it upon the air. And a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, It is done. And there were flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. And there was a great earthquake such as there had not been since man came to be upon the earth. So great an earthquake was it and so mighty. And the great city, which is Jerusalem, was split into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell and Babylon the great was remembered before God. Again, this is the Antichrist empire, kingdom. And to give her the cup of the wine of his fierce wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And huge hailstones, about 100 pounds each, came down from heaven upon men. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, because its plague was extremely severe. So again, this uh, seventh bowl is a little different because it doesn't usher in any more sets of judgments, because this is the last set of judgments. But there is a, uh, this bowl is poured out on the air. So again, this, and from that, this great powerful earthquake that no one has ever experienced will happen. The city of Jerusalem will be split in three ways, in three parts. Now Antichrist's capital kingdom, Gam Babylon the Great, will drink the fierce cup of God's wrath. But again, when you think of these hailstones, the biggest one I think on record that I've seen is recorded was two pounds. These are going to be a hundred pound hailstones pelting people from, from the sky. So again, uh, you get hit by one of these things, you're, you're gone. <laughs> you're going to be dead. Unbelievers will still be unwilling, sadly enough, to come to God, to return to Him, even from these hailstones. But now we're going to read on. Again, thankfully, we do have a victorious Savior. Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 21. And again, this is about the onset of the great battle of Armageddon where Christ will make 
his second return. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. And his eyes are a flame of fire, and upon his head are many diadems, or again, many crowns. And he has a name written upon him which no one knows except himself. And he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may smite the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying to all the birds which fly in midheaven, Come, assemble for the great supper of God, in order that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of commanders and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free men and slaves and small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him who sat upon the horse against his army. And the beast was seized and with him the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword which came from the mouth of him who sat upon the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. So again, Christ returns for this battle of Armageddon. And again, it's not surprising, Christ easily defeats Satan's armies. He easily defeats, there's no contest, he easily defeats them. And we've also seen the beast and the false prophet, these two are cast into the lake of fire. And you know, as you look through Revelation too, it's an interesting thing with, with Satan, who's called the dragon, and uh, you have Satan's dragon, then you have the Antichrist, who is the beast, and then you have the false prophet, these three form an unholy trinity or a counterfeit trinity. You have the one true trinity, which is God the Father. You have Jesus Christ the Son. You have the Holy Spirit. That is the true trinity where their, their desire is to uh, have us join them in eternal life and eternal joy with them to have the beautiful gift of eternal life. Uh, Satan, the Antichrist and false prophet, their, their desire is to deceive and destroy anybody who comes along. And they want people to worship the Antichrist, the beast. Their, their aim is to deceive and destroy, though. They are the counterfeit trinity. And again, in Re Revelation 20, we'll kind of read a little bit too, verses 1 through 3. And this is talking about the dragon, because now the beast and the false prophet, they are thrown into the lake of fire after this battle of Armageddon. But now Satan does not go into the lake of fire not quite yet. And I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan. So here he's clearly identified this dragon as Satan. And bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him 
so that he should not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short <coughs> time. So again, during Christ, Jesus Christ's thousand-year reign on the earth, Satan will be out of the picture. He'll be bound and he'll be chained in this abyss for a thousand years. Once that thousand years, again, God sets these limits, these time limits. Once that thousand years is up, Satan will be released, but again, it's for a short time, his brief, for one final uprising by Satan. But again, this thousand-year reign of Christ is called the millennium. Sometimes that's the word you'll hear for the thousand-year reign of Christ. And then again, we'll see Satan is briefly set free, but it's for, just for a short time, but it's his last uprising. Uh, verses 7 through 10 of Revelation chapter 20. And when the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war. The number of them is like the sand of the seashore. And they came up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from heaven and devoured them. Again, there's no contest. The Lord's going to win. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it from whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. So again, you, you see how the devil will eventually be defeated. He'll be released from his prison after the thousand-year reign of Christ. But again, this final uprising will be easily defeated and the Satan finally will be thrown into the lake of fire to suffer along with the beast and the false prophet. But again, sadly enough, those who do not have their names in the book of life, life uh, they will also be thrown in the lake of fire. But now we see new mercies are going to be seen. A new hope. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. <coughs> and this is John again talking. He sees another vision. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. So again, an interesting term, that passed away term. A lot of times we'll say that when someone dies, right? They'll say, oh, they passed away. Well, here, our present earth and our, our, even the present heaven <coughs> will pass away, and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Everything will be made new, and there'll be no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. Verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he shall dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them. So how great is that? When we do get to heaven, because we know him as our Lord and Savior, he will be with us, he will be among us. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have, again, passed away. They are gone. And what a, a comfort for us. And uh, all of us have gone through trials and heartaches. Uh, I'm sure some here even more than others where these heartaches aren't going to go away in this lifetime. 
But here, the Lord promises He'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. And there'll be no longer any death, no longer any mourning or crying or pain. Again, these first things will be gone. They will be passed away. And then Revelation 22, 16 to 17. Again, we're in the last chapter now of Revelation. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you to these things. For the churches, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. We'll stop there for a minute. Again, that's an interesting term that Jesus describes himself. I am the root and the offspring of David. Again, what does that mean? Well, again, being that Jesus is God, he existed before David was ever born. So he is the root of David. But then again, you can think prophecy-wise, descendant-wise, he is the offspring of David. He is in the bloodline of David, as, as was prophesied so many years ago. He is the bright morning star. Again, a very interesting title that he gives himself. The bright morning star, again, uh, there is a star called that. Was right before dawn comes, there is this bright morning star that will appear in the sky, which announces a new day. And so Jesus, he announces the dawning of his kingdom. He is the bright morning star, again, to those who belong to him. There is this dawning of a new kingdom, the bright morning star. Even when things are most darkest, this star will come out right before the dawn. Again, what hope that we have in Christ. Now, verse 17. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. <clears throat> Again, you have the Holy Spirit as well as the Bride, which is, represents the church, inviting us to come. If you are thirsty, come. Drink your fill of the water of life without cost. Again, this is very similar to what Jesus spoke to in his earthly ministry. Uh, if you guys remember, at the woman at the well. That's found in John. Uh, the book of John, uh, chapter 4, verses 13 to 14. Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again. You know, the physical water. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. So here this water is being offered to those who don't believe. To drink, come. Drink without cost. It's not going to cost you any money. Come and drink. And now verses 18-19 of uh, Revelation 22. Again, our warnings. Uh, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God shall add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the tree of life from the holy city which are written in this book. And again, this doesn't just describe Revelation. It describes the whole book of the Bible. Not to subtract, not to add anything to this book. It is God's word. It's complete. And now we come to verse 20 of Revelation 22. <clears throat> he who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. So there is that certainty that Jesus is returning. Again, what he promises, he will keep. He will do in his timetable. And finally in verse 21, The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen.
So again, the grace of the Lord be with all men. Again, He is freely given eternal riches which have been lavished upon us to those who know Him. And then there's this Amen. But come, Lord Jesus. That is the Holy Spirit's desire, the Lord's desire for us to come to Him. So again, I'll just end this time in prayer. And then, David, I know you will come up shortly. <clears throat> again, Lord, thank you for this time. I thank you for each one here. Those, Lord, who know you, I pray, Lord, I thank you for this hope that we have that even though things are going around, on around us, Lord, that we don't have control of, that you are in control. And that you use every uh, trial that comes for your purposes, Lord. And uh, even these judgments, that you will use it for your glory and that your judgments are just and true. And we thank you for your mercies as well, Lord. And we pray for those, Lord, who don't know you, that, Lord, again, that you, your uh, spirit would just draw them to you, Lord, and that they would come to have water, everlasting life and water, the springs of eternal life come if you are thirsty. So, Lord, I pray that people would come to you today and not put it off, Lord. Again, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Amen. Let's stand and let's